Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. There's only a couple guys in the whole world that make me love pro wrestling, and you're one of them. You know all the bad shit you've heard about us, it's all true, but another thing that's true is we love professional wrestling, and that's why we're here. I'm not sports entertainment anymore. Talk to him, kid. This is our new beginning, and it starts tonight. A new day is dawning for DX. So who you're talking to? What's up? This is X-Pac 12360 on AfterBuzz TV. Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. We're going to have a big show. We've got an exclusive interview with Sammy Callahan coming up a little bit later. We're also going to be breaking down the week's top pro wrestling news headlines. My name is Christy Olson, and the gang is all here, starting with Jimbo on the couch. What's up? What's up, everybody? How are you today? How hey, are you, Christy? I'm good, thank you for asking. Lovely. Thank you. And Mark, how you doing over there in the booth? Not so bad for the middle of the week. Thank you, Christy. I like that. Happy hump day. <laughs> happy hump day. <laughs> and happy hump day to you, sir, our fearless leader, the one and only, Sean X-Pac Waltman. Hey, everyone. Too sweet. How are you guys? Good, man. And lady. Ah, good, thanks. Very good. Cool. You're that, doing this sharp blazer thing again. Yeah, for, Throws for those me of off you listening, tag. why not? Sean is very this dapperly dressed today. Of course. You look good, dude. Yeah, you look not really good, man. <laughs> what, is, what are you all thinking? Well, here's the thing. We're not just doing audio here. We're doing video. Might as well, might as well dress up a little bit. Yeah, give those YouTube yeah. streamers something to look at. Sure. Oh, well, my okay. co-host is sitting here looking really fine every week, so... I Jimbo's try. on the couch, so it's okay for... Yeah, I, I get to wear our Xbox like 12360 shirt. Yes. Hey! You know, I feel like I saw that t-shirt recently in a, oh, in a yeah. promo, maybe? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, the, the world premiere of our 32nd NWO-style 12360 commercial came Which out. is been very popular with people especially real, maria menounos loved yeah, it excellent job awesome. excellent job jimbo thank you sir um the only thing that uh the only critique on it was that it was missing a suck it at the end <laughs> <laughs> and that was the critique from miss maria from menounos maria, yes so which is pretty we're gonna awesome have to, we're gonna have to change that when your boss comes in and is like the only thing missing is a suck it <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Well, okay, we can fix that. I believe she also said it was effing amazing when we when we showed yeah, it to her. Yeah, we showed so. her last night as she was leaving. We're like, oh, have you seen this yet? She's like, no. And she loved it. She's like, oh, it's got my creative juices flowing. That that was great. I was like, yeah. yeah. And I waited for her to leave, and then I high-fived Christy. <laughs> I was like, yes! <laughs> yeah, so if Maria posted any like black and white old-school style snaps or Instagrams last night, we inspired her. Yes. But you guys can all check it out on our uh, Instagram page at xpoc12360 and on Facebook and on Sean's Twitter. Of yeah, course. on my Twitter. The Real X Pac. Yes, at The Real X Pac. Yeah. 
Check it, it out. Down. Well, I know you you were all over the social media because you were traveling, right? So you like to hit up and see what people are saying when you're, uh, when you're right sitting now. around? I'm, I'm hit and miss when I'm on the road oh, yeah? with the social media. Yeah. Uh, I try to come on just to, you know, uh, well, I was out of town for Monday. I usually do the Tomorrow Show on Monday night, so I can't put out the tweet. So Christy has to do it. Hey, everyone. <laughs> If you ever see a tweet coming from me on a Monday night, it's not from me. It's from Christy. <laughs> Hacking also, into my account. Yeah, any, anything with words like check it out right. or top story, you guys can probably tell. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so you got a little time at home with the gooch? I got the gooch. Gucci. Yeah. The dog. For those that don't know my dog, my little baby rat terrier. Aww. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see her for two months and I had to stop in and... Spend two days with her. Oh, heartbreaking. She goes insane when you walk oh, in the door. Oh, she has these, uh, like, um, asthma attacks. Yeah. And I got to, like, hold her hold her up and spread her little... Yeah, like, rub the throat a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Calm Put her down. head in a paper bag. So <laughs> Stop I haven't away. tried that. Oh, my God. It was, I was just... I was in tears. I know this sounds like a, I'm a puss, but I am. When it no, comes no. to my dog, oh, I was just in tears yesterday. Uh, you wouldn't believe what I put up with just to see that dog. <laughs> <laughs> we can only imagine. We can only uh, imagine. But you had a good time this weekend. You were in uh, Dallas? Dallas? In Dallas, yes. Actually, Bedford, Texas. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was MP... Oh, shit. MPX. Right? MPXW, Metroplex Wrestling. And that was nice. You had a good time? Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, not of course, because it's not always that way. But... Here's the thing. When I go and, and do shows and, you know, occasionally have matches, well, more than occasionally, um, every promoter always says, oh, well, don't worry, we got, we'll take care of you, we'll get you in there with good guys. And, you know, like, honestly, I know they mean that and they mean to take care of me, mm-hmm. but, like, 90% of the time, the guys aren't, you know, really, uh, they're not up for the job. Yeah. And you do the best you can. But these guys were were very good. You know, no one that you would have heard of, but it doesn't matter. They 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 knew their job and, and as far as, you know, their role in the match. And they stayed in their lane and uh they listened. And we had a great match. And the people enjoyed it. It was it was fun. It was By great. stay in your lane you mean like do what they know they're good at and they're supposed sure. to do? Yeah. How important is that? Especially oh, for someone like you who's a veteran coming in working really with people you don't know. Because, you know, the, the tendency is uh, you want to show off. Okay, just me, me coming there mm-hmm. uh, affects how, you know, everyone on the show performs. Yeah. And it, 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 it affected some of them negatively. Uh, like they get it, so nervous? Well, they want to show how great they are. And I'll give you a for, for example... And part of this was the promoter shouldn't have put a uh, triple threat or whatever, a three-way dance or whatever you call it, mm-hmm. on first, and then mm-hmm. and give it six minutes. Oh. But nonetheless, they were given six minutes, and they went probably triple that, and they looked like they were still going. I mean, anyways, they were doing a million things. It, put the, it should have been the last match of the night with all the shit wow. they were doing. Yeah. And that's called knowing your spot on the card. Mm-hmm. That's not, and but they wanted to go out there and show me. I'm assuming how great they were, and they ended up showing me how inexperienced and yeah. 
they not able to follow instructions that they were. So that's how that went. And then they came back and, you know, uh, they got chewed out. Actually, you know what happened? They weren't even, they didn't even let them uh, go into the finish because it just kept dragging on and on. Huh. The promoter sent the guys I was working with out there to beat the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. And they did. And, uh, and then the guys came back and, and they got, you know, appropriately chewed out. And then they came back and sat in the locker room with their heads buried in their towels, both of the guys, and with the boo-boo face all night. And it's just like, you know what? You screwed up. I get it why they did. Uh, valuable lesson to learn. But, like, quit being a bitch, like, in the locker room. Yeah. You know? Like, show, raise your head up or leave. Don't sit there and cry, you know? Are are you the kind backstage who would you approach guys like that if you've seen them made a mistake and say, hey, guys, you know, maybe you could have done this differently or do you just kind of keep to yourself unless they ask advice? Um, It depends. When when they're sitting there like that, I just told the promoter, I'm like, what's with these guys? Tell them to quit acting like a bunch of (laughs) crybabies. Shit. You know, I mean, come on. It's just like you got to have a thick skin. You know, like we were talking about in this goes back to Al Snow, mm-hmm. the, our, our interview with Al Snow last week. Amazing. He, he was great. Uh, and you guys were great, too. Thank you. That. Um, but, you know, we brought up the Matt Capitelli incident and, you know, how he has a different, you he know, view on. And Bob got a hold of me real quick about that, by the oh, way. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wants to, yeah, he wants to clarify a few things in regards to that. Um, but uh, it... And regardless of if you think Bob handled that right, it was how Matt handled it that I didn't, I, I was just, I was totally unimpressed with. That was the problem with that whole situation and for me. Watching him crying like a baby over it, it just was like, okay, this isn't for you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, Bob may have been impro- inappropriate in how he, I've had way worse happen to me, Jimbo. I never, ever cried about it, Ever. No way. Not even in private, Jimbo. It Not makes me think private, of a, a story Adam Cole has told before where he was trying out for Ring of Honor and doing like dark matches yeah. for them. And they said, if you're not having a good match, we're going to send the Dark City Fight Club to just beat the shit out of you and end your match. And they did that. And mm-hmm. when he came back through the curtain, they're like, oh, it was good, but not as good as we expected, you know? And he's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. No worries. And he said inside he was devastated. Just like, oh, man, I screwed up so bad. They're not going to have me back. And he was bawling inside. But on the outside, he kept it together. Sure. So that people in the locker room weren't like, this kid's just complaining already. And, like, look where Adam Cole is now. He just won the Ring of Honor title at the Tokyo Dome in New Japan. Yeah. You know, so. That's it. Team no so. Yeah, team no so. That's a good one. (laughs) Put that on a shirt. That's what the boys in Portland say. That's what I said. I know. I'm getting them on it. I'm getting them on. Well, you guys never want to miss any of these exclusive interviews that even the former superstars are talking about. So make sure you check us out on YouTube and on iTunes. We'd love it if you would like, rate, comment, subscribe. Let us know what you think about the show, and we appreciate that. So hit us up on yeah, iTunes. Yeah, we have a. I mean, this is what this is our 19th show. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Racking and, them up. Uh, you know, starting with Scott Hall. Uh, Billy Gunn, I, just I, incredible, you know, just DDP. So Robert we have a Dan. whole library already, and you know, uh, good stuff. Of, yeah, of fantastic interviews, fantastic content. So anyone that just found us, there's tons for you to go back and uh, catch up on. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you can get more than your weekly dose of X Pog One Two Three Sixty that way. Yeah, yeah, and we also do some news. I think maybe it's time to break down I some headlines. Break it down. X Pog One Two Three Sixty Wrestling News. Everybody is buzzing about this. This just came out yesterday, Tuesday. Mark Hunt has filed a civil lawsuit against the UFC, Dana White, and Brock Lesnar Tuesday in a Nevada district court. He says he's alleging that the UFC obstructed fair competition for their own benefit by purporting uh, use exemptions, drug testing exemptions, and failure to enforce its own policies. This is in regarding to his UFC 200 bout against Brock Lesnar that happened in in July, where Lesnar was found to have tested positive, and Lesnar's win has been char- changed to a no contest. But Mark Hunt is not going to stop there. He says that um, Lesnar was granted a waiver to forgo the four-month testing period. He takes issue with that, and that really, he his kind of alleg- allegation here is that the UFC pretty much just waived Lesnar in knowing that he may not pass the test because they thought his participation would help them get that $4.2 billion sale to WMEIMG. And, you know, Mark says he's a a cheater, and they allowed it. And what message is that sending to boys and girls who want to be a fighter someday? He's been asking for a contractual clause that forces a fighter found to be doping to forfeit his or her fight purse to their opponent. You know, he's pointing out that Brock made millions off of this fight and only had to pay $250,000 fine. Yeah. And he takes issue with that. Yeah, apparently (laughs) so. And, uh, okay, Brock Lesnar cannot be... And, and Mark Hunt fought in Japan, which was rampant. I mean, there were. I would be surprised if there were guys there fighting that weren't on something, <laughs> including Mark Hunt, whether he said so or not. Okay, and uh, and so, you know, calling somebody a cheater. Okay, that's it's a strong I guess, word. In this I guess world. if that's if that's but you got pretty much ninety nine point nine nine percent. Of people in the sport, then I guess you would have to call a cheater. Call a cheater mm-hmm. You know, okay, but I got it. I got it. He does have a point, though, in in regards to um, you know, uh, basically Brock. Be, come on, Brock being allowed to you know forego the four month testing and, and all that, and you know that's not an even playing field. I I get it. I totally get where he's coming from on that. Mm-hmm. And the, and the, here's the thing too is Mark Hunt's at the end of his career and uh so I don't think he has anything to lose uh as far as you know right. fo- following this lawsuit. Yeah, I mean cuz he's still under contract with UFC, but he's saying hey, his last three most recent opponents actually have all been found guilty of anti-doping violations. Yeah. And so he kind of refused some future fights and now they're telling him that he he has to get back in the ring and he will be on March 4th at UFC 209. But he's really not going to let this go. Yeah. And and okay. I see his point. I just don't I and, you know, he very well may win. Mhm. Yeah. So we'll see. Do you think that the fighter found guilty of doping should have to give their purse to the opponent? Um, if that's the agreement ahead of time, mm-hmm. but only if that's the agreement, I think that should be on a case by case basis. Okay. 
honestly. Like, I think a, a two fighters should a, make an agreement, and if both fighters agree that they can take PEDs, they should be able to take PEDs. Oh, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Why not? Even there Again, he's always asking for us an even playing field. Right. That would satisfy that. Yes. I think Mark Hunt needs to be realistic about the fact that he was just the body to put in there with Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar was the guy on the marquee that was selling the show that people wanted to see and people were paying to see. They just needed anyone in there willing to get punched in the face by him. He just happens to be a credible opponent yes. who has a record who people are like, hey, he's got a fighter's chance. One of those punches lands. Who knows what can happen? But like you said, everyone's on, everyone's on steroids. Everyone's using enhancement drugs to get better so like it's really not cheating when everyone's doing that's it. How, that's how I look at it okay but I'm not in I'm not in MMA but it just seems to me when you don't use that stuff you're cheating yourself I that's how I look at it hey and you know what you sh- you roll the dice sometimes you get caught I know that they, they've made the penalties a lot different now but mm-hmm. you know I think they're gonna roll back on that a little bit they're gonna figure out how to because I've got I, it's not all these stringent testing, like all these, you know, and they're catching guys left and right. It's not going to do anything to eliminate PEDs mm-hmm. from MMA or sports in general. It's just not hap- not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Nope. Oh, I couldn't. When I read that story, I couldn't wait to get your take on it. Yeah. So thank you, Sean. Cool. And now let's move on to a little bit of WWE news. <laughs> It has now been confirmed Chris Hero is returning to NXT. He will be wrestling under the name Cassius Ono. Triple H officially tweeted this. So there was rumors for weeks, and now we know it is going down. He was on NXT TV and had a cute little showdown with Shinsuke Nakamura. Not so cute. It was very hardcore. He, of course, debuted in FCW in 2011 and was with NXT through 2013. So it's been a little while, and now he's back. Yeah, and he... Okay, I was going to say, you know, it's BS that that he got let go, but the truth is, is that was the right thing for him at the time, was Mm -hmm. to get the hell out of there. It wasn't a good environment. Uh, Well, when when he first came, it was FCW. Right. So he got in all that. It just wasn't really... It wasn't NXT. And he wasn't... And he was going out there and having really good matches, but... um, His match with William Regal is amazing. Sure. So good. And that's the kind of, and that's that's his strong suit. Doing well, his, he's strong at all tons of stuff in yeah, there. He could do it all. Yeah, uh, and I know they were really, really, um, you know, harping on him about his condition and weight and his appearance. And I just think that, you know, like a Mick Foley or like, you know, a Kevin Owen or certain guys like that. You're not not everyone's going to look like the underwear model, okay? And uh, Trying to get certain guys to do that, I think, is asinine. You know, bring a guy in uh, for who he is. If you, you know, obviously they brought him back, mm-hmm. so he's a, he's a fantastic professional wrestler, uh, and uh, I think people will will be just fine with how he looks. Yeah, just fine. I think you said it perfectly. Bring a guy in for who he is. Yeah. He's made. His mark on independent That's wrestling, right. this is mm-hmm. his next level. So what, he's a little bit bigger. That just makes him not the cookie-cutter wrestlers that everyone else is. That's right. And he can move like a cruiserweight for how big he is. So mm-hmm. I'm really happy for him. And at his last PWG show, 
he gave a speech of like, this might be my farewell, but I'm not sure yet, and I don't want to count my eggs before they hatch because, you know, someone like Willie Mack gave their farewell speech and then they didn't pass their medicals. So yeah, I wouldn't this even could say be that much. Situation where that Yeesh. happens, and he's like, last time I was in NXT, I didn't get my medicals cleared for like six months, which is why I like That's just right. sat there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I Claudio was there. got to get pulled up to the main roster without me. Yeah, because I think originally the two of them were supposed to go to the main roster and revamp the tag division. The Kings of Wrestling. Wow. That would have been a whole different path. I was a, I was a big era. fan of the Kings of Wrestling, Claudio and uh, They're amazing. And Chris Hero. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Do you think maybe they'll possibly be reunited? No. No? No. I just don't think that um, uh, the WWE fan base is... I could be totally wrong about this. I just don't think that they're necessarily like dying for, for that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I could be wrong. I think that's more of like an NXT core group, like the the super hardcore indie fans that are like, oh yeah, yeah like the one match it was, I think it was Chris Hero and Claudio against Seth Rollins, and oh, there was like one other guy, Dean Ambrose maybe, in a tag match, mm-hmm. just randomly, like it was two singles matches that became a tag match, but that's the only time they've ever wrestled. So I, I, I really hope that, uh, that Chris can come in and focus on his... Uh, you know his in-ring performance and uh, and all that, and not be, uh, not not have to be, um, you know, obsessed with trying to keep his weight to what they think is an ideal weight for him. As long as he's healthy, uh, as long as his vitals are good, and 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 all of that, and he pat you know the wellness stuff, uh, leave him alone, you guys. You know. Curvy is in. Leave him alone. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Leave him alone or don't bring him in. Mm -hmm. So that's just how I feel about that. Well, let's move on to a rumored return. Wow. Chris Hero may be there for sure, but there are some rumblings that Kenny Omega may also be returning to the WWE. John Cena started these rumors by tweeting about Kenny Omega, and you may say, well, what the heck does that mean? Well, Jimbo pointed out when we were talking about this that John Cena did the same thing with AJ Styles before he did definitely come to WWE, and also Kenny dropped the belt to Okada at the Wrestle Kingdom show last week and kind of hinted at leaving New Japan in a tweet saying that he's stepping away. Uh, and just also, you guys can catch that match tonight on Access TV. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. nice. But what do you think? You think Kenny Omega should go back? I I can't. I can't and I wouldn't uh, tell Kenny Omega what to do in this situation. He mm-hmm. knows what's best for him. I hope. You know, I mean, he's going to do what he thinks is best. I don't know if it's just... My, uh, you know, my observation, I don't know. I would, if I was Kenny, I might think about staying put for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I wouldn't leave. When I'm the first uh, um, Gaijin to ever win the G1, I'm pretty sure he's the first to ever win it, right? Um, I I think that the company might... Uh, be wanting to put yeah. a rocket up my ass. Yeah. So you might want to stay there because I don't think he's going to get that same rocket uh, mm-hmm. in WWE. That's just me. I could be totally wrong. And people said the same thing about AJ Styles. That's true. And Kenny Omega is amazing in the ring. All oh, the detail, like what a detail worker he is. And 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 uh, 
uh, and is selling. Uh, I mean, it's just so intriguing. I'm, I'm extremely impressed with this guy. And he was just overlooked in WCW to the point where I was like, was he there? I mean, legit. I, I, I hate to say that, but mm-hmm. that's that's the impression he left there, you know, um, when he was there. So I just I wonder know. if WWE is ready for a character that that is that over the top and is that good mm-hmm. and that they could put him on like right away he should be in the main event but I don't want him to get lost in the shuffle like Gallows and Anderson kind of did whereas yeah. like AJ has been showcased perfectly but some not so much it makes you worry like uh like yeah. you leave you leave Japan to go there and have all your stock drop mm-hmm. and then well, you go to TNA or well like, what's what to say he do? can't just show up in the Royal Rumble and then leave that would be crazy. I think that would be awesome. Aww, it never happened. <laughs> I mean, you're entirely right, but I think it would be fun if he was a surprise entrant and that that was it. I just, it's not real. Yeah, it would be fun for, for some of us, and then others people would be like, who's that? Yeah, that's you know? the other. And it's kind of <laughs> not something, I, I, I don't know if that, if, uh, but here's the thing. We used to have guest you know, appearances in the Rumble, such as I was in there with uh, Giant Baba and like Tenru and guys like that yeah. one year. Yeah, Dory Funk Jr. Mill Maskers jumping yeah, over the Mil rope was in there. eliminating himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mill Maskers was in there in the same, yeah, oh, the same Royal stuff. Rumble. Well, we can move on to a little, another Royal Rumble tidbit. Yeah. SmackDown Commissioner Shane McMahon has announced he is not going to be in the Royal Rumble. He co-hosted last night's episode of Talking Smack, and when Renee Young hinted at maybe his possible participation in this upcoming pay-per-view, he said, no, 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 I am all good. So don't expect to see money, money, money. And I don't think we need him at Royal Rumble this year. It's looking like a pretty solid rumble. Yeah, we only know about a third of the contestants, but it's good. It looks good. Yeah, and uh, uh, I have, I just have a really strong feeling we're going to see the return of uh, of somebody huge, like yourself. No, no, but very good friend of mine. Uh, I think mm. I think Jericho is going to win the Rumble. That's just my speculation. Well, he just start started recording a new album. Oh, so well, maybe that I think he's out, out of there soon. Mm. Sean, what do you know? I don't know anything. I haven't talked to anyone about it. I just have this funny feeling that um, you might, I just think you might see a little sweet chin music at Royal Rumble. I really do. Uh, well, I wouldn't have any trouble with that. Yeah. Let, let's talk about Shane's dad. Vince McMahon, who of course founded the XFL, which is getting a Hall of Fame ceremony at Exhibit this Saturday in New York City. It's more of just an exhibit, my bad. But uh, this is dedicated to the lone season of the Winter Football League, owned and operated by WWE. You can check out the exhibit this Saturday, the 14th, in New York City at the Cooper Union. That is a location change, a very recent one. So there'll be special appearances by former XFL players. It's free to go and check it out. 
out. And this is all to promote ESPN's upcoming 30 for 30 documentary called This Was the XFL, which will debut on February 2nd. That's Super Bowl weekend. And uh, is said to feature the revelation that Vince McMahon and Jerry Jones have been talking about the idea of creating a new minor league football team. Of course, Dick Ebersol and Vince McMahon were the ones to launch the XFL. They have been great friends for decades, and this documentary is directed by Ebersol's son, Charlie. So you can check it out. Vince has interviews in the documentary, as does Dick, Jesse Ventura, Bob Costas, longtime WWE exec Basil S. DeVito, Basil DeVito yeah. and a bunch of other former players. So make sure you check out the Hall of Fame and the upcoming 30 for 30. Well, I have mixed feelings about the XFL. Yeah? I don't, I mean, they're mostly negative, to be honest with you, because just like... Okay, and I caught the tail end of this too. Just like the WBF and ICO Pro, um, uh, Vince made and WWE may have been the owners, but guess who paid for that shit? <laughs> we did. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Anyways, but look, even though uh, the XFL was a flop. Uh, there were a lot of cool things that came out of it, and I'm just mm-hmm. going to point to one thing in particular uh, for anybody that's watching football these days. Uh, there's a camera. There's a camera shot they get now, and they have like uh, wires holding the camera up uh, above the stadium. Yeah, and it basically works like a jib, like a, a crane camera, mm-hmm. but you can't have one of those in, in the stadium. Of course. Uh, so. Uh, Turn the XFL that you know um, WWE's production is second to none uh, of any any kind of TV production. Yeah, and uh, they developed that camera, and NFL uses it to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there were a lot of cool uh, cool things that were that were adopted by uh, by the NFL. Yeah, from, this from documentary said to kind of touch on that that yeah. this sort of changed the way that football is broadcast. Sure. Really. Yeah, I don't know. As far as players go, the only one I can even remember is the guy called He Hate Me. That's, for that's obvious who reasons. everyone remembers. Yeah, because that was. We the, had on the yeah, back of his jersey, right? Jersey. Yeah. Sure. yeah. That's so funny because that's all I can remember. I still so. have a in mint condition XFL jacket. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Is it like a leather, like leather yeah. jacket? Oh, yeah, wow. Like that. Exactly. Wow. That's awesome. I want to see that. Well, WWE recently filed a new trademark. For the XFL letters. So do you think this is happening? You think him and Jerry Jones will make a new minor league? I, I think that there's room for it. Here's the problem. I think that they just marketed uh, the XFL wrong. Uh, when you're trying to say that, or when you're trying to push something as an equal, you know, alternative, mm-hmm. I, people didn't buy it as that. You know, if they would have just said, hey, you miss some, you miss football in the offseason, here's some football. Here's some pro, some more pro football for you to watch. Mm-hmm. Not try to you know sell it as something it wasn't. Not making any promises. Yeah. So. Well, we shall see, and we will of course keep you updated. This has been your X Pac One Two Three Sixty News of the Week. I'm Christy Olson, the managing editor and chief correspondent of AfterBuzz TV's Pro Wrestling News Division. And do not go anywhere. We will return shortly with Sammy Callahan. 
What's up, party people? Roxy Stryer here from The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice-weekly broadcast of One Man's Midlife Crisis and the mad millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those millennials, Lauren Legrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there, be square, whatever that means. We are back on AfterBuzz TV. Today's guest has held multiple titles across the indies, appearing for Ring of Honor, PWG, Evolve, and many more. He's a two-time CZW Junior Heavyweight Champ and former NXT superstar under the name Solomon Crow. You can catch him tonight on Lucha Underground's mid-season finale. This is the X-Pac 12360 debut of The Living Death Machine. It's Sammy Callahan. Yay. Hey, Sammy. That was a great introduction. I'm not even going to lie. Made me sound a lot cooler than I really am. (laughs) Hey, everyone gets one. Pretty cool. Everyone gets one, Sammy. Everyone gets one. That's all. Everyone gets one. One, one, Johnny. One. Anyway, thanks for coming on, Sammy. No, thank you, man. As soon as uh, I got the opportunity to do this, I'm like, I usually don't do podcasts all that often, but they're like, Xbox is like, yeah, I'm doing Xbox. Well, I'm honored to hear you say that. Hey, uh, the first time that I actually got to sit and and watch you in a a hell of a match, we were at uh, Philadelphia at ECW Arena, 2300 Arena, whatever they call it now. uh, And it was for House of Hardcore. And you were working with Brian Cage, another Lucha Underground guy. God, you guys tore it up. Tore it up. That is one of my favorite matches from last year. He's actually, he's like pretty much like my big brother. Like everyone calls us twins, except sadly Danny DeVito and he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. So Sammy, was that the first time y'all worked or had you had uh, uh, other matches with them? Because it it didn't look like the first time. First time. Wow. I mean, you guys did it. It, Look, I think that, okay, Brian Gage is going to have to adjust his style eventually. Maybe uh, sooner rather than later, because that guy does a ton of stuff. But uh, um, I, I'm surprised to hear that, that that was your first match with him. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, a lot of people said that, but that's a match that we had pushed for 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 years and years and years. We actually had the only time we'd ever had any contact. We were in a tag match back in like yeah. 2010 in a, a pilot for a show called Wrestling uh, Revolution Project that yeah. was going to be filmed at Jim Henson Studios. But other than that, we never had matches. We always just talked about like, you know, if we work one day, like it's going to get real stupid, real quick. Yeah, it's just the thing is, Sammy. Um, I saw you in F, well, FCW slash, uh, you know, NXT, and you were never given the opportunity to to show anything like that. The only time I saw them give you a chance to shine was in a match with CJ Parker. Yeah, and like here's the thing, like I. I'm never going to bash WWE because, like, that's not how I am. But, like, I always wanted to be in WWE. And one day I, I, I do believe I'll be back there. But, like, you will. all I ever wanted or needed was an opportunity. And I never got that opportunity. Like, it's one thing to be given the ball. It's another thing to be given the ball and have some guys to block for you. And yes. I never had those blockers. Like, you're only going to go so far, like, when, like, there's not a lot of direction, not a lot of, like, okay, this is what's needed, this is wanted. Like, I feel like if they would have just let the chains off of me and was like, Yo, go be Sammy Callahan. Like, I'd be on Raw right now as one of the top guys. I um, honestly, uh, I just think, and, and, and hats off to you 
for having the courage to make the decision on your own to leave. Because uh, a lot of guys would never do that. They, they wouldn't see the writing on the wall or they would just hope that something was going to change for them uh, without them actually doing something to bring that change on. And, and you did that by leaving. And that's going to be, that's going to be Sammy, uh, why they bring you back and you have a successful run there eventually. And, like, one of the things is, like, it was a decision. It was a hard decision. To walk away from your dream job is, like, really hard. But, like, I felt like I'm, like, look, like, I still think I'd be there right now. I went and got fired. There was no writing on the wall. Yep. But there was, like, no, like, set, like, this is what's going to happen. I was always told, like, this might happen. This might happen. And then time and months and days would go by. And I'm, like, yo, this ain't happening. Like, if I don't leave right now, I'm, like, I want to leave right now while I'm still young enough to go out and make a name for myself before yeah. I, I sit down there and – wait six seven years to like never get brought up and sure there's nothing for me to go like i truly believe like i'm one of the best in the world and i had to go show them why they signed a five foot eight white kid in the first place right. <laughs> <laughs> well you, you you said when you left that your intention was to show the wwe exactly what they had in you do you feel like you've done that in the years since absolutely and like this year's just gonna even get bigger like 2016 like like it or not, like people can hate me or love me. I am the most booked professional wrestler on this planet. Like nice. every week I'm an independent wrestler building my own brand, four, five, six shows, like in a week, independent wrestlers don't do that. There's only a handful, uh, a group of elite independent talent that do that. And I'm one of them. And I, I will be damned if I'll like go down, like without swing like i've built my own brand by myself and that's something really cool that no one could ever take away from me very cool and the thing is about uh, uh along with that schedule you're keeping is uh you're performing at a level that is up there with with anyone in the industry like like you were just hitting on a little bit ago and and that makes it even i mean because i could go out there and do five or six shows a week uh with the with how i work now uh, but if I had to do it like I used to, or like you're doing it now, I could I just couldn't do it. I'm just being honest with you, Sammy. I'm gonna knock on wood, man. I'm, like, <laughs> I, I'm indestructible. Like I, I've coined that phrase, crash style. But like the way I do, it's a lot different than other people. Like people's always like, oh, you gotta watch out. You gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. Like I'm careful mm. in my own right. Like you, like you, it's something that I like. I've conditioned myself and conditioned my body to be able to perform at that level, that high, all the time. Being uh, being too careful can get you hurt. Uh, it's, it's almost like being gun shy, and and it, and it, I, 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 that's the one thing about me. Not I don't want to bring this about me, but uh, uh, I never I was ne once I got out there I was never worried about getting hurt. Even after I got hurt, you know, previously, it's you can't do it, Sammy. You just no. can't do it. You'll get you'll get hurt, or you'll hurt somebody else. Absolutely, and sometimes like now that I'm starting to get older and stuff, I'm like, oh, like. Uh, maybe I shouldn't do this or maybe I shouldn't do that. But as soon as I walk through that curtain, like it truly is, I become a different person. And like, I do things still to this day in the ring. I'm like, why would I do that to someone? I am a, yeah. a meat, nasty, vile, messed up son of a bitch. <laughs> but like, that's like, sometimes I have to get to the back and I'm like, yeah. yo, I'm sorry. I spit right in your face or I'm sorry. I said this, but when I'm out there, I become someone different. Like, I think that's what makes me appealing to people. It's like, what the, what the hell is this going on right now? Sam Controlled chaos. Sammy, I'm sure you've heard the uh the saying it's better to say you're sorry than ask for permission 
It's one of my I, favorites. <laughs> I my life by that term, and I, I kind of wish, yeah. uh, looking back on my run in NXT, I wish I, I wouldn't have walked on eggshells and wouldn't have been like what they wanted me to be, and just kind of yeah. went in there and just said, you know what, fuck it, like I'm yeah, gonna, sure. I'm gonna be me, and I'm gonna do what I want to do because I know what would have got over, and I know I would be a huge star if I yeah. just would have went with my gut, but I didn't go with my gut, and that's what screwed me. Sure, you know, I was watching uh, a little bit of a. Uh, a clip of an interview you did, and Kenny Omega and Kevin Matthews and some of those guys uh, were there. I think it's on high spots to give them a little Kurt plug. Hawkins. Uh, Kurt Hawkins was there yeah. too. And, uh, you know, you were talking about, uh, you know, we'll just touch on it for a second, uh, Bill DeMott. And, you know, people have said tons. We don't have to get that much into it. But you didn't bury him, you know. Uh, and uh, you were nicer than I would have been. But... Uh, um, I, I, I just, I have to compliment you on uh, not pointing the finger at other people. Like, you know, okay, you weren't, you were given the ball, but you weren't given people to block you. That, I mean, but other than that, like, I don't hear you uh, blaming others. You know, you just, I, you I don't know. live my life like that. Like, my parents didn't raise me like that. My dad, my mom, like, they raised me as like, yo, if you mess up, you fuck up, you take responsibility for that. And I'll take responsibility. If I would have went in there, I just would have been me and quit listening to what every coach said or what every agent said and just, like, went with my gut and said sorry later. Like, I'd been in a way better situation than I'm in right now. But I didn't do that. Like, I'm never going to blame other people because that's not how I am. Like, I hate that. I hate going to shows and being like, oh, like, this person didn't make it because of this, or this person didn't make it because of this. Like, take accountability and just live your fucking life. Like, I sure. I hate that. Like, I am not a negative person. Like, and I'm probably, like, I get on my friends and my girlfriend all the time, like, quit being so negative. Like, why Why are we negative? Like, this is yeah. supposed to be fun. If it ain't fun no more, like, let's not do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go I think ahead, it's crazy off. that you weren't pushed on NXT V, but you were undefeated in all your dark matches at NXT. Dude, I was NXT Dark Match Undertaker. You don't even know. About <laughs> there was a streak of eight taping straight. I was in a dark match and just squashed people out. NXT Dark Match Undertaker. They could have rolled with that as a gimmick. It would have been great. Hey, what was your what's your name of your finish? Muffler Stretch. Stretch Muffler. Stretch Muffler. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah, another thing that they, they didn't want me to do originally, a thing that made me me and a, a move that I had built for 10 years all over the world. They're like, no, let's make that like shitty slingshot splash thing you do your finish. And I'm like, whatever you want. And I wish I would have been like, no, that's not a finish. That's what? not my finish. Why what? did they want you to change it? Uh, it's just like, I won't say, it's not particularly who or what. It's like, but one of my agents was like, oh, no, like, that that stretch muffler thing isn't a finish like this thing's the coolest thing you do make that your finish but in my mind i'm like yo that's something that i do early in a match and like if the guy's not set up in the right position every single time it looks like shit and that kind of fucked me when i really looked at like my debut match if you look at me versus bull dempsey it was supposed to be like all about me but it turned into bull beating my ass for six minutes me moving out of the way and hitting that shitty slingshot splash so like from my debut i was kind of mishandled like right from the get-go but I dig the spl- I dig the splash on the leg. That's badass. Yeah. I was also told that's not cool either. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. I <laughs> look, you're gonna hear that from people, and and one of the things that that gets me, Sammy, is when some somebody's always got to screw with the recipe. You know, the recipe is just fine how it was, but. Somebody always has to add their little, they have to tweak it so they can say that they did that, that they added something to it. And just leave it the fuck alone. 
you know? And I wish I would I wish I would have known that now. Like when I got signed, I got signed like right at the end of being twenty four, beginning of being twenty five. Like I wish like and like I grew up there. Like I will always think WWE they grew made me grow up, made me become an adult and learn how to like to to be in front of people and press and how to present yourself. They they did do that for me. But like at the same time, like I wish I would have known like now, like I wish I would have just went in there and been like, nah, like I'm going to do me because me works. And like, I think they like that. I think sometimes they they like when people go against the system and don't just like bend and bow to them. Like, and I was the opposite. I went in and just walked on eggshells, did everything I was told to do and try to make everyone happy. Here's the thing about that, about bucking the system. If you bring something to the table, like you do, you can get away with it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I wish like, if I, if I get another chance, like it'll be a lot different. And I do believe I'll get another chance. I I know you will. Like all it all it's gonna take is like once I get that chance again, I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna be Sammy Callahan because Sammy Callahan is a commodity yeah. and like you, you you can't take that away from me. I built that man. I'm gonna tell you who's a huge fan of yours besides just about everyone. Uh, Billy Gunn. Oh, I love me some Billy Gunn's my coach, Dad. Yeah, man. like yeah, he's man. a he's a guy that's like really like helped me become like a, a even a more well rounded performer. Like I always like knew little things and bits and pieces, but like. Even like to this day, he's one of the guys I'll call up on the phone and like he'll give me advice on things. Like he taught me how to be a bona fide superstar. Like exactly. Billy be the first guy to tell you, I ain't gonna teach you a headlock and I ain't gonna teach you a shoulder tackle, but I'll teach you how to get over. And like that's what it's all about. And like he's done that. And like I thank him. Like still to this day, we go work out and train together, and like we we help each other, which is cool. Because like him coming back to the Indies and going to New Japan, like I've been able to be like, "Yo, you should like do this." Like people's sure. gonna like really blow up if you do like this kind of thing on the Indies, because no one's gonna expect it. Oh, and yeah. on the same token, he's just taught me how to be like a bona fide superstar. And he, I, we were on a show together. We had a tag match, and he was excited because he, um, I think it was, I think it was the next day, he had a match with you coming up. Yeah, and then. Uh, is real funny because like he had saw always saw like what I had at NXT and like he had always given me a real hard time and yeah. like when I first got to NXT I hated him because he <laughs> ragged on me and I was in his class every day but then like after a while like I finally just like told him I was like you know what screw you and he's like yeah that's what I've been waiting on like like I was one and I, I started to realize the longer I was there I saw like he only treated people like that that he saw something in and he wanted them sure. to like stand up and be like nah like and like that's where like he like I've started like and I've taken that into my life now. Like, I'm not going to let people walk all over me ever again. Like, and like, and I'll always thank him for that. Like, he really is like a, a second dad to me. When my dad passed away, he was a guy that was there for me. And like, I'll never forget that. Cool. cool. And, and uh, uh, Sammy, when uh, they brought, they brought in Matt Bloom and, and Terry Taylor and, and I see, I've never been to the performance center. Uh, at believe it or not, since the day it was open, I just, I had, uh, there was just there's a particular reason why I didn't go there, and uh, that that reason's not there anymore. But yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gee, I wonder. But um, they have different levels of classes there. I don't Absolutely. think a lot of people realize that it's like kind of like a gauntlet almost, right? Like, and and there's rings surrounding the center ring, and how does that work? And like, it's 
everyone always starts in one class and then once you're in one class you gets moved to another class and therefore therefore and it's kind of cool because then you get to like learn different styles from different coaches and like different ways of presenting itself like billy was always one of the higher coaches billy was always one of like the guys that like taught you he's like okay you know how to wrestle already billy's gonna teach you how to get over and then after that it was usually always terry terry yeah. was finishing class like and a, a lot of guys like throughout the years and shoot interviews and everything else is barry terry a lot of people don't like terry but he's like i'll actually i'll be one of the rare people that put terry over like terry's giving me like you can't take everything he says as like it's gospel because it's not but there's some stuff that he said to me and told me that i've like integrated into my wrestling style my psychology that has like changed like just little things of how to manipulate a crowd and how to like you're and like one thing like he told me like that really sunk home that i never heard before to him he's like yo the fans don't dictate your match you dictate your match you're telling the story We were and talking like, with Al Snow really, about that last week. Yeah. The people like, the it, people are working us and we're not working the people these days. Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Have, have you had any contact with WWE since all that? Do you talk to anybody? You stay in touch? Not really. Like here's the thing. Like I've kind of been doing my own thing. Like I've kind of like tried to stay as far away from that spectrum as possible because like I kinda of like having that uh I kinda of like having that uh Autonomy, that, like the uh, mystique that aura, that, Yeah, that aura about me is like, yo, this dude quit WWE. Like, he's he's kind of cool. Like, like, and he's all out of he's all out of fucks to give. Fuck is broken. Fuck broken, and like, I wish it was broken years ago. Yeah, it's crazy because oh, yeah. you and Carly, who you're working with a lot in Lucha Underground as Katrina, both left WWE on your own terms and are now doing amazing things in Lucha Underground. So I wanted to know, as far as your character in Lucha Underground, when you left WWE, did they contact you right away and were like, hey, we have this character idea and you'd be perfect to fill this role? Or did they contact you and were like, you have any ideas of what you want to do? Because I know in NXT, you threw around the name of Jeremiah Crow or Solomon, and they were like, let's be Solomon Crow. Because I wanted the name Jeremiah because it's my middle brother's name who, like, is the total black sheep of our family. And it's, like, real biblical. And I always thought that's a really cool name. Like, uh, and then I ended up becoming Solomon Crow. But uh, <clears throat> when I left WWE, my my phone blew up. Like, the first day that I quit, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm kind of nervous. Like, and uh, they tried to get me to do the 30-day, the like, hey, we'll pay you for 30 days, but you can't work anywhere. Oh, and, like, God. I t- I took a real risk and I went, you know what? I don't want your fucking money. I want to go show up at shows this Saturday. (laughs) And this three days later, I showed up at AAW in Chicago and, uh, the rest is history. Like, cause I knew if I waited for 30 days, like all my buzz, all my mystique would be gone. I had to take a risk and go out there for non guaranteed money and just hope it worked out. (laughs) And trust me when I say it worked out. Yeah. Hey man, that's what happens when you believe in yourself. Yeah, and, I and, had to. And this I is to. and this is also what can happen uh, when you stay in a situation like you were in is you quit believing in yourself and you start doubting yourself. And that's one of the reasons I walked away. Like I had a long talk with Baldo, uh, Matt Bloom, a yeah. uh, great guy, and like a guy that like I wish I, I could have worked with more because like he taught me a lot too. And uh, he, was he was one of my guys. He's one that, of my he's one of my top draft picks. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's, he's the man. He's yep. the man. And. Uh, he had asked me, he goes, do you think you learn anything in developmental? And I'm like, yeah, I've learned some stuff. He goes, well, like what's different between you now and you on the Indies? And I went, I forget how to be a star. 
Like, mm-hmm. and he goes, what? I'm like, yeah. Like, I'm like, bro, like I was a way different person when I was on the Indies. And like here, like I'm not the same person. I second guess everything I do. I, I don't have my confidence. And like, I, and like, that was one of the deciding factors. Like I need to leave and go find myself again. Yeah. And trust me when I say I found myself again and I'm kicking on all cylinders right now. Nice. Nice. Uh, I was, I was checking out a match that you had with Ricochet. And, oh yeah. Oh wow. Uh, and I was not shocked, but extremely impressed that you, you kept up with him, uh, move for move, you know, spot for spot. And, uh, at the same time, I've seen you work with other guys that have a different style and uh, very versatile. And how'd that how'd that come about? That's what I pride myself into. I'm like, I'm never going to be the biggest dude. I'm never going to be the fastest dude. And I'm never going to be like uh, a guy that can do amazing flips. Like, that's just not me. <laughs> I'm very clumsy when it comes down to the end of the day. But like one thing that I've prided myself is I'm the most versatile guy on the planet. Like I can have a good match with anyone, any style, Lucha Libre, hardcore, technical wrestling strong style whatever you want me to do i can do at the end of the day depending on what story i want to tell and the reason that like i'm able to do that is because when i was young man i hit the pavement hard i would go to every seminar within 12 hours like i remember driving 18 hours to go to a mike quackenbush clinic just because i wanted to get in car and learn like car stuff i remember going to tommy dreamer seminars kevin nash seminars al snow seminars anytime with that we'd go to germany like other guys would be like oh i'm gonna sleep in i'm like no i'm gonna go work out in the ring with all the young guys and like learn some German style. When I was in Japan, I'd be the guy always working out with the Japanese guys and like, yeah, I want to train at the dojo. Like, let's train. I want to learn some stuff. Mexico, same thing. Like, still to this day, I train like one, two days a week, but now it's cool that like I'm training young guys now. But like, I still work on stuff myself because I'm not done learning. And like, I don't want to just become like this. Sure. I, I always want to keep doing this and always become different because you got to evolve. And I'm not like, and that's oh, that's always going to be one of the biggest reasons I left WWE because I felt like I became stagnant and I didn't care about wrestling anymore. And it was just I was sitting on the bench. I'm not the guy that will sit on a bench and collect a paycheck. I want to be the top guy everywhere I am. Yeah, I, I, here's the thing, Sammy, is um, regardless of how they were using you, though, I did notice this. You didn't walk through the curtain with that I'm doing a job look on your face when you came oh. came out of the curtain. And when you got in there, you didn't work like it. You worked like you were going to win, and uh, nobody could tell otherwise until you got beat. Absolutely. And, like, because, like, this is the thing. Like, everyone's going to have to do the job sooner or later. Like, it, it goes in cycles. And, like, certain times your job is like, hey, your job tonight is to get this guy over. And I pride myself in being one of the best motherfuckers to put a guy over. Well, it makes it look that much better. <laughs> you might but, want to – uh, uh, become not so good at that like because honestly man if you if you're so great at putting guys over that's what they'll have you do most of the time (laughs) i feel like that was kind of the same problem with cj parker yes like cj we we both caught like cj got super over and then he like people learn like oh he makes these guys look good so he kind of became the the main event jobber as i like to say like he's gonna put over top guys and make them look better than they they ever should and when cj left i went right into that role and i was like I need to leave before I get like I don't want to tar- – because because the longer I'm here and the longer I get just jobbed out all the time is like I can't go to other places like Ring of Honor or Lucha Underground or TNA and be a top guy because I've been jobbed out on national television for the last year. Mm-hmm. So like that was one of the reasons I left. Like I was like I wasn't 
satisfied and I'll never be satisfied just sitting on the bench. Yeah. I and I told I told this to Louis Spicoli many many years ago uh when he, he and I both like I had my tryout with Louis. Uh One of my uh, favorite by the way of all time. Yeah, he was just he was phenomenal and I owe him so much for giving me I, two amazing tryout matches in a row. But uh I told him, you know, he he couldn't understand why they wouldn't uh you know, start using them in a you know, using them better and I'm like because they look at you as a job guy. And they're always going to look at you as a job guy until you leave and go become something else, you know, somewhere. And and uh, I, that's why I left, Sammy. I mean, that's a huge reason why I left the first time, because I didn't want to be looked at as the kid anymore. That was, exactly. You know, it's like, cool. Sure, the one, two, three kid was a great character. But at the end of the day, you're a kid. Yeah. Like, if you're always perceived as a kid, like you're never going to be world champion or you're never going to be a top guy yeah. as the kid. Like it's 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 the writings on the wall there. And like, yeah. sure. That was your foot in the door to like bigger stuff. But you knew, you knew like, I can't be the one, two, three kid forever. Yeah. And it will. Plus by the time I got there, I was already a father anyways. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, my, my son was born when I was 19. So my son was two years old, almost two years old by then. And, uh, and that, so I thought I was a grown ass man. I wasn't, but I sure thought I was. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought the same thing when I first got signed to WWE. I was like, I'm a grown-ass man. I'm going to go in here and, like, I'm going to be, like, one of the first small guys that gets pushed to the moon, yeah. like, and it didn't happen. And I was like, yeah, I had, I had a lot of growing up to do. And I and trust me, I grew up a lot, like, in, in the time I was there and now the time I've been back on the Indies. What's, a big, what's the biggest lesson you learned from your time there? Follow your gut. Like, follow Thank your you. gut. Yes. The thing is, like, at the end of the day, like, uh, only you know you. Only you know you. There's going to be all these different like people, like different coaches, different agents, Triple H, like people up above that are going to tell you like, hey, this is how you be Sammy Callahan. It's like, well, you're not Sammy Callahan. Like, you don't know like what's going on in my head or like the way I process things. Like, so you really can't tell me how to be myself. Like, it like, and that's one of the things like I wish they would do more. And you see the guys that they allow to do that are the guys that like succeed. Like when Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens came in there, yeah. like he, got, like he got super lucky. They let him be Kevin and it works. Like well, don't fix something that's not broken. Like Fergal fix same thing. Uh, yeah. Nakamura. It's not broken. So they let him be him. Like if I would have just been me, it would have worked out better. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin Owen and, and, uh, and Fergal both, uh, gave me a call on the on the DL as they were coming in there, and I gave him a few a few pointers. And 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 one of them was uh, if you feel strongly about something, fuck it, do it. And you I know? wish someone would have told me that. Yeah. I, I said wish- I said trust me, and it was what I said to you. If you, you're bringing a ton to the table, you'll get away with it. Trust me. And that's one of the things that Terry Taylor told me. Like Terry Taylor is one of the first guys like down there that like actually believed in me, and like he kind of like. Like, kind of, like, really, like, gave me some great advice. And one of the things he told me, like, this is probably six months before I left. He goes, look, he goes, I can see what you're, he's like, I know how good you are. He's like, I know what you can do, and I have a lot of faith in you. He goes, but you can keep trying to be what other people want you to be and fail and then, like, yeah. get fired and be like, damn it, what if I was just myself? Or you can be yourself and go down swinging. Yep. And I was yep. like, Terry, I, yeah. Terry Taylor, okay, there's, he's not just there because he's a nice guy, Okay. He helped Sean. He's not a very. A lot of people don't say he's a nice guy. Well, he's they don't like, know that because he's so honest. They know the old Terry. I, 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 Terry. Okay, full disclosure. Terry's one of my 
dear, dear friends. One of my favorite people in the whole world. He, he was there for me as a friend in some really tough times. But before that, he was the first guy that I worked with uh, on house shows coming in the door in WWE. And he taught me a ton, Sammy. He taught uh, Shawn Michaels a ton. He taught uh, Triple H a ton. So, okay, w- we get it. We know, like, how great Terry Taylor is. All the other people that, that you know, talk shit and, and throw shade on him, they don't really get it. They really don't. Because he'll be the fr- he's not going to ever tell you what you you want to hear. Like yes. he's very he's a very opinionated on his own thing, and like yep. and that was my only fault with Terry. I wish Terry would debate a little more, but you know Terry. Terry's yep. like, why are you going to ask me if you don't want to listen? Like, and it's true. <laughs> okay, tell me. Do you know like, where he gets that from? That's how Chief J Strongbow used to be. Yep. He had a lot of wisdom, but if he were going to be like that, he would go okay. You know? And that's and that's what I like. Once I left, like it, I really started putting things together. I'm like, look, I like tried to make every agent, every coach happy of what they wanted me to be, instead of like being like listening to it and just being like taking everything as a grain of salt. Like it's like, okay, he says this, I can take one little thing from that. He says this, I can take one little thing from that. Like, like that works for me because not everything's gonna work for every person. Like wrestling is flavors of ice cream. Sometimes people like chocolate, other people like vanilla. Like. And that's how you got to look at wrestling. Especially more and more these days because there's not just going to be that Hulk Hogan or that. I mean, that one person that everybody universally is, that's their favorite. Because, yeah. I mean, it's just not like that anymore. That's why you have Roman Reigns and, the, you know, all these different guys that, you know, I mean, you know, I, I think you know what I'm getting at. It's just, Absolutely. you know, there's going to be a few different people to choose from that are going to be the big stars, I think, going forward. Absolutely. And the way I put it to like, it, I, I, I've gotten very lucky that I've been able to like host a lot of seminars all over the world now, and, like give my knowledge and what my aspects of wrestling is. And I always tell people, I'm like, look, everyone's going to have a different opinion on wrestling. This is just my opinion. But my opinion is like the time of good guy, bad guy is done. Like, because now like people are in on wrestling. Like now everything's like sports teams. Look at it like this, like John Cena, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, uh, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, they're all they're all sports team. Certain areas, it's kind of like look at it as basketball. If you go to Miami, people love the Heat. The yeah. Heat are the baby faces. But they go to freaking Cleveland, like they're going to be everywhere else. That people hate them. Like it's the same thing with wrestlers. Certain areas, John Cena goes, people love him. But he goes to Philly, yeah. people's going to shit all over him. Like that's because we're sports teams at this point. We're our own brand, our own entity. Yeah, I still think, and oh, this is from my preference is to have a, a someone to a and someone to boo in the match. And I think well, that's why you have to go with okay, whatever the crowd, uh, whatever the crowd's feeling that night. You know, yeah, exactly. It's like sports teams like that. It's like if Cleveland's playing Miami and like let's say like in a Ohio area, they're going to be the baby faces. But if they're wrestling, if they're facing them down in Florida somewhere, like is, they're going to be the heels. Like, and that's how like I put my matches together to this day. Like, people's like, "Oh, are you babyface or heel?" I'm like, "I don't know." Like, it all depends on what story I'm trying to tell that night and what's situational. Yeah. Well, for me, I need it to be me, the babyface these days. <laughs> <laughs> I can hit the X Factor, Bronco Buster, go home, brother. How'd you know? <laughs> Have I worked with you before and I just never, I don't remember it? I, I wish. <laughs> you, man, you seem you to know my whole match. Because <laughs> I wish that was my match. Oh, it will be one day. I John, hope so. I mean, in your own moves, but like you know, eventually it'll get to the point where you'll you'll whittle it down to like four or five moves. That that's what people want to see you do, and that's it. 
I'll hit a boot scrape, a clothesline, yes. and you're taking my finish. Let's go. Yeah. Throw the L in the air. Hey, I, I was, I was just <laughs> thinking about this, Sammy. Uh, okay, as a smaller guy, you're not what I would consider like the cruiserweight guy. Like at one time, you would have been, or just like me. Uh, but you're the smaller guy that doesn't do a ton of flips and and, and all that. You, you keep it like you work a you work a strong uh, style. For for uh, I think I work like a, a six foot eight guy. Like a lot of times, yeah, I'm like it's, it's like, great. And 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 I love your uh, I love your suicide dive through the bottom and middle rope instead of through the you know top and second. Got to give credit to where it's deserved. I got to give that to Austin Aries. Like yeah. back when I was uh, still in high school, going to Ring of Honor shows, I used to always remember seeing that. And like it's funny because people was like, oh, why do you why don't you do any other big dives? I'm like, because I can't. I'm scared. <laughs> like I don't want to flip over that rope and not get caught. Like yeah. <laughs> that's I'd rather like come at you like a missile. And I just think it works for my style better. If I went yeah. out there and was doing a bunch of flips, like that's a big disconnect. Like sure. Yeah. Like, and other people are doing I, it. I mean, are we going to be the best at it? No, because uh, there's some guys out there that are amazing at it. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. And, like, people's like, oh, be more of a cruiserweight. It's like, why am I going to be more of a cruiserweight? No one's going to be as good as Ricochet or Will Ospreay yeah. or Neville. And, like, and the what best. does that mean, even, being more of a cruiserweight? Like, I am. Like, it's my uh, – anyways, I, I'll, I'll get up onto my soapbox, and I don't I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you guys I go think... ahead. Because was it Tommy Dreamer that said you're like Raven and Taz put together? Is yeah. like the Sammy Callahan character. Have you you've seen Pete Dunn? Yeah, he's England? like he's like he's I like love you him. and Brian Danielson put together for me. Yeah, that's what I see. Uh, me and him, we're the Bruiser Cats, bro. We're about to oh, we're yeah? about to blow some things out. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Hey, like hey, Sammy, uh, are, are you watching any of the cruiserweight stuff in WWE right now, the 205 Absolutely. Live or any of that? Absolutely, man. Like, so many of my friends are in it, and, like, plus my little baby brother Swan's the champion, so I oh, can't, nice. like... Oh, yeah, yeah, can we talk about Rich Swan? and you, are you still roommates with him? Uh, no, he lives legit across the street from me now. <laughs> oh, great. Is he there right now? Tell him to come over. We got I think questions. he's coming over later tonight, <laughs> to be honest. Are you guys going to have rap battles? Any, uh, we're probably gonna battle it out. Like we're like just dumb kids. Like we either play UFC or we play the WWE game because, like, oh. legit, like we're probably the two best on the planet. We'll put it out there. Like, that, <laughs> like that's our vice, and it's always been. I so, love it, Sammy. Any, um, what are your thoughts on on uh, on how they're doing the cruiserweight thing in WWE right now? Well, I think it's awesome because, like, now, like, they're actually, like, giving these guys like an awesome platform to like show how good they are. And yes. I, but I think like. The, the biggest problem with it, like, I still think they're segregating it too much. Yes. When, the, when the purple lights come on and the purple ring, like, I think a lot of people kind of tune out in their brain because they're like, this isn't Raw anymore. It's, like, looked at as, like, a, a freak show or, like, a, a added entity. I wish it was just, like, hey, we're on Raw, the same ring, the same thing. Like, yes. just be like, hey, this is a Cruiserweight division match. When we change it that much, it doesn't work like that. And the, I think one of the things that, like, and this is just my opinion, I think – what made the cruiserweight classic so successful they're trying to change on a, lo- a higher level like yes. i love yes. that like on the cruiserweight classic there was tail of the tapes there was like people shaking hands and like it was put out as like okay this is like real this yeah. is a real competition and now it's kind of just put it was like oh the cruiserweights are on like no nah, like these guys like how are these guys ever going to be looked at as other than superstars and be able to move up in the roster if they're like oh it's, they're, they're it's like they're a special attraction i've said this I, like like they used to do with the and uh, whatever i'm i try to be pc what they used to do with the midget match like there would be like a little troop of uh of of little guys 
that that went around and and uh, that would just be a special attraction that wasn't serious like the ladies now it's way different you know but uh the ladies at one time you know fabulous moolah just she booked out certain uh um you know she had the troop of uh uh excuse me sorry she had the troop of uh i i would help you ladies. but i'm not sure what you're referring to Fabulous Moolah used to run all the ladies. Yeah. And she would book the ladies out. And they were just like, uh, they were just a special attraction. They didn't really have their own division. And you just knew that by watching. Featuring lady wrestling. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. And and I also have, and I've said this before, and I heard JBL uh, and, and, I, and Rosenberg and them. What is that? Bring it to the table? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's been they were talking. One of my problems with it, Sammy, is this. They put it on after... Raw is over, and the people are done, okay? And you can tell. You can just tell the atmosphere of the matches. And, and JBL said this, and I totally disagree with it. He said, if they if they can't handle being out there last, they shouldn't be here. No, that's not it at all. Like, they're not pushed to, they're not used properly to be put, you know, uh, on last mm-hmm. like that. And, and, and the like, people don't care. All these guys are like, they're legit some of the best wrestlers in yes. the world. Like, and like, I just wish they're they're instead of just putting them out there as like they don't really call them WWE superstars. So like, they're the WWE cruiserweights. Right. So like, they should be WWE superstars. They should be looked at exactly the same. Yeah. yeah, like they're like they're putting a lot. They're bringing a lot of money into the company. Like for God's sake, like Rich Swan's on the fucking truck beside Brock Lesnar. Like yeah. treat them like superstars. Like they are superstars. Yeah. With so many of your friends being there, you say you're watching. Is it ever difficult to see where other people are at? Do you ever think, what if, or what might have been, or I wish I was there? Do you deal with any of those kind of emotions? Absolutely, but I, I don't like to live in the past on things. Like, sure, like, I see guys that, like, either A, I've helped out, or B, I've shared the ring with, or C, like, I've traveled the world with, and now they're world champions on Raw, or they're in the cruiserweight division, and, like, I'm still in the Indies, like busting my ass. But then I realized, like, you know what? Like, my path's a little bit different. And, like, I'm gonna be, I'm special, and like, I am gonna go down as being legendary, even if it's for all the wrong reasons. Like, everyone has their own path, and my path was just a little bit different. And, like, that. But I think that's kind of like what's great about me. That's why I'm so endearing to people, and that's why I connect so much. Because like, I'm a guy that kind of said fuck you to the system and i was like i'm gonna do this my own way and like i'm gonna prove to you why i am an entity because like as a kid i i love wwe more than anything and like i want to be on wrestlemania but like i obviously saw that the position that i wasn't was in that wasn't gonna happen so i had to do what i had to do and like take that roll of the dice and like bet on myself for once and that's what i did yeah when we don't do things that are scary or you know that that there's fear involved in doing them. I, I I really don't think that we 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 truly live. And uh, uh, and you know when you don't take the risks, sorry. Um, be be prepared for you know mediocrity. Yeah. Sorry, and that's just that's that's all there is to it. That's not like and like I'm a real weird person. Like still like in my mind, the way my brain works, I'm like I I don't want to just be a person. I don't want to no. be a normal. And I don't want to be mediocre. Like I want to, I always want to be the best. 
Like I am a competitive person. And like, if I'm not like in like, sure. If people's better than me, I'll just straight up say, yo, these people are better than me. But like, when I'm not giving the chance to lead the charge or be the quarterback, like I'm not going to just go and be like, you know what? Like I didn't make it because people are that much better than me. Yeah. Well, Sammy, we touched a little bit on this before, but let's uh, go back to Lucha Underground. How did you end up there? So, uh, as soon as I left, like a lot of my friends worked for that company and they're like, yo, you need to get Sammy Callahan right now. You need to hit them up right now. And it was the next day I I got an email and like a call and I started talking to them and like, I could have went to a, a bunch of different places, but like I went with Lucha because like, I like what Lucha's doing. It's different. It's cool. It's fun. Like it's, they're not like insulting people's intelligence being like, yo, like we're, this is real. It's put together as like a TV show where you can have time travelers. You can have mystical ghosts. You can have like anything you want. And like, that's what I love about pro wrestling was like anything's possible. And like, it truly does disp- uh like just like make you believe like, oh, this dude really is a time traveler. This guy really is a dragon. And like on top of that, like I, I like their business model. Their business model is like, sure, we're under contract to them, but like I can still work on the indies. I can still work around the world. I can still continue to build my brand and like do what I want to do and help build other companies. Like I, I want to be the guy that like companies like AAW or PWG or Evolve and guys like that. that I want to be the top guy and I want them to be like, yo, this guy is going to help us build our company so I can show the WWE and the rest of the world like this guy's a draw. Like I love putting out pictures of in Chicago where I'm selling out thousand seat buildings for AAW in the main event being like Sammy Callahan equals the draw. Yeah. Like that's I and like sure that's my character, but like at the same day, like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I like to say that because it's true. And it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> it feels really good. It's modest a lot of times, but sometimes you just gotta say, you know what? Nah. Yeah. Nah, me. Hey, it's not bragging if it's a fact. So, and hey, um, now with with your deal with Lucha Underground, Sammy, how uh, how does that affect you working for say an Evolve or something like that who has uh, a presence on Flow Flow Slam, uh, te- you know, uh, s- streaming service? Doesn't matter as long uh, the way my deals worked out. Like I can work forever I want as long as it's not on a, a like a major national television. Gotcha. Okay. okay. How much control do you have over your character in Lucha Underground? Well, they're, sure, they're the, we have our writers, which are amazing, and like get like backstories and what they want. But like, out of every wrestling company I've ever worked for, the one thing about Lucha Underground is like they are like, hey, give us ideas, give us some ideas. Okay. Like, what do you want? Like, what do you want to do here? Or like, you're like, yo, this would be better, and like they'll be like, oh yeah, that would be better. Like, they're open. They want people to like. It really is kind of a company for the boys by the boys because, like, it's like a bunch of misfit toys that were like told no or told you're not good enough or that were changed. Now, getting the chance to like take their cuffs off and like really make art. Like, yeah. Rick Shea coined that term, who he's one of my best friends. Like, what we're doing is art, and that's true. We're artists, like, this is our art. Like, you know, like some people like Picasso and other people like other people. Like, not everyone's gonna like the same art but like we all have the option of like painting whatever canvas we want to paint that's why i just think it's so uh rich of certain people to uh uh to try to uh marginalize somebody else's uh expression of art like uh the ricochet osprey stuff you know with vader and 
and all that. I just think it's so silly. Okay, that's not your cup of tea. It's still fucking art. Yeah. And what? what and, and plus, look, I'm sorry, but your shit, like, okay, because you took liberties on guys and hurt them for real. That makes that means you were great, and and these guys aren't. Come on. No. Like just the fact, like, and it like really like like Vader was like one of the guys that I loved when I was younger, and as soon as he did that, it just made me instantly sure. just be like. Come on, man. Like, no, like, like the time of like all a lot of old timers like shitting on us is done. You know why? Because we run the business now. That's it. We run the business now and we've changed the business for the better. And like, that's the attitude you need to have. And that's the attitude my friends and I had, too. And, and uh, a lot of people hated us for it. And guess no. what happened? Shit exactly. got really good because we had an attitude like that, and you guys need to keep that attitude. And that's that's why people like Kevin Owens are his universal champion. That's why Finn Balor was first universal champion. Yeah. Like our generation, we changed wrestling for the better. Yeah. Like and like and everyone always says like, oh well, the ratings are down because wrestling isn't about ratings anymore because people don't want to watch just like. I don't never watch Raw when it airs. I'll watch it the next day on On Demand. Or, like, I can watch clips of it on Twitter. Like, wrestling is watched different now because we can get information. We can get videos instantaneously. Mm -hmm. So it's not about, like, why would someone watch Raw live when they could watch the next day and never watch a commercial or watch it right mm -hmm. afterwards? Like, and just watch the segments you want to watch. Wrestling and information is seen differently. And, like, once, like, wrestling companies understand that, like – I think like wrestling's gonna blow up even more because like there's ways to use social media, there's ways to use YouTube, there's ways to use every different platform, and like that's how people's watching stuff now. People don't even a lot of people don't even have cable anymore. Right. Like <laughs> if it wasn't for football season, I wouldn't even have cable. Like like <laughs> watch everything on Netflix or Hulu or or I find a stream to watch whatever I want to watch. Like that's how like wrestling and stuff's watched. And I believe there's more eyes on wrestling now, specifically worldwide. It's not just one yes. company now. It's mm -hmm. worldwide. Because of the internet. I recently uh, put a tweet out and I was just commenting on what an amazing time it is to be a wrestling fan. And I got s several, uh, you know, bullshit tweets, you know, what do you mean? It's am And you know, those, what are you going to say to people like that, though? Mm -hmm. You know, just uh, find something else to love. I know, yeah. Sammy, you just put out a tweet about wrestling gifts, like changing the way fans see wrestling, and it helps so much because something that someone might not want to watch a 20-minute match, but they see a 30-second clip of an awesome move or an awesome sequence, and they're like, oh, I got to check that out. Exactly. And that's where like wrestling's changing. I'm telling young guys now, I'm like, like, how do I get booked? I'm like, well, the time of getting booked of just sitting out a demo or a resume, that doesn't work anymore. No, you got to create a buzz because like now with social media, that's how like I booked my own company, the wrestling revolver, which is starting to blow up now. And the way I look for people is I'm like, oh, let's see how many people they have on Twitter. Oh, they have 100,000 followers on Twitter. That means 100,000 people is going to see my flyer if they tweet it out. Like you have to build that brand. And by having that just animated gifts now, like all it takes is one clip to go viral and you're going to get booked everywhere. Mm -hmm. it, all it takes is that one video to go viral. My my friend Dave Christ, uh, tag team Dave and Jake Christ, OI4K, Irish Airborne, Ring of Honor. They're the guy guys that helped me break into the business, and like they've 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 had like good chances, but never blown up. And one clip went viral a couple weeks ago, and now everyone's booking them. And it's like I wish people would have saw these guys years ago. It's like all it took was that one clip to get these people noticed. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of them, they're making their PWG debut in February with you. 
as their team, Ohio is for Killers taking on the super click of the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. How do you feel about that? Because I know you've been trying to get them in PWG for a while, and I'm super excited to see Dave there. Yeah, it's well, you got to be super excited to see Jake too, man. Like, like they're 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 their own entities, and like we've been a six man for for years since the longest. Those are my legit brothers. They are more my brothers than my real brothers, if that makes any sense. Like, I have traveled the world with those guys. I have been through good and bad with those guys, and like now we get a chance to show the world like what we've known for years, which we're the best six man team on the planet. And like now, like we get a chance to prove it against the best six-man team on the planet in the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. And, like, it's going to get crazy. Like, this is this is their coming out party, and, like, it's going to be awesome to be a part of it with them. Sammy, you mentioned Kevin Owens a little bit ago. Before we let you go, we do have a really good fan question from Jason Worthing. And he said back in November 2012, it was just a few days after Hurricane Sandy, he watched you wrestle Kevin Owens for in a PWS match. He said it was a dimly lit gym and it was run by generators, that everything was a mess. What are your memories of that match with Kevin? I- I love that match. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite matches I had, like leading up to right before I went to WWE, because legit Hurricane Sandy happened, and like there was no gas, there was no, <laughs> there was nothing, nothing. And I remember getting up to that show and being like, "There's no one going to be here. There's no electricity." And like they sw- they're supposed to run the Rawway Rec Center, which holds like thousands of people, and they had to switch this little building that they could run on a generator because they already had all these people like paid. So they're like, "We got to try to run the show." And uh, it ended up – they packed this building. And I remember me and Kevin were like, yo, this is going to be, like, fun. Like, this is, like, everything, like, us growing up and seeing pro wrestling, just this grungy, like, building. Like, it, it really was what indie wrestling is all about. And, like, that will be a special moment. Like, I'll always remember that night because that was a really cool moment for both of us. Was that the That's Get awesome. That Gas story? Uh, that is the Get That Gas story oh, wow. because me, Rich Swan, and Ricochet uh, – we had to drive back, but we're like, yo, it's snow still kind of bad. We're going to we're gonna stay at someone's house. So we stayed at Hawkins' house uh, up in Queens. And I realized after that, I'm like, yeah, I got no gas. Like, I got like a less than a quarter of a tank of gas to get back to uh, all the way to South Jersey. And that ain't going to happen. Like, and gas was gone everywhere. Like, people were waiting five hours to try to get gas. And, like, shipments were coming. And, like, so we're like, yo – we're just going to start driving to Jersey and get as far as we can. That's... Need me to stop? <laughs> is no. There more? Is there more to the story? Are you leaving anything good out? I'm leaving something good out. Well, because it, it... Come on, man. <laughs> Don't hold so, out on us, Sammy. We're going to get as far as we can into Jersey before uh, we run out of gas. And I'm like, yo, we're running out. We got to try stopping at a gas station. We get to this gas station, and there's a line wrapping all the way around. And we're like, there's no way we're getting in. I'm like, nah, we're getting in. And uh, so I pull down this road, and there's like all these cars. And this one guy's like, oh, the car in front is like, hey, just – back up so i can like go go around and get out of this i don't want to get in the line so the guy that was third in line to get gas backs up so the guy can pull around and get out and i'm like oh me too i just want to turn around uh, and i turn around right in front of him but we got i was gas. gonna say <laughs> who's that, gonna start a fight with you guys come on uh, you'd be surprised in situations like that <laughs> oh and there was like cops there, like arresting people. So we're like, I guarantee, so that something like this happened. I'm like, I don't care. We're I'm going right Damn. in front of this this person stealing this, getting in this gas line. Damn. So real quick before we let you go, I know William Regal is a big supporter of you. I wanted to know what 
he said to you backstage at PWG before you went off to NXT and after you came back? Uh, I never really saw him at NXT. Uh, I, I mean, I never really saw him at PWG before I went to NXT. Uh, he, by the time they were coming and like checking out shows, like I was pretty much already on their radar and gone. But uh, Regal's always been a big supporter of mine, and like he's always a guy that will give me great advice, and I'll always look up to him to being one of the most influential guys in my career. And he pretty much told me, he's like, yo, you got to be you. He's like, there's no heat here. He goes, I understand why you did what you did. He's like, and he's another guy who's just like, go show them. Go go be you. And, like, that's what I'm doing. That's awesome. Well, Sammy, this has been so revealing. Gosh, we got to know you very well today. Yeah. Thank you for that. Well, I'm an open book. Yeah, that's, I, I – I like that because I I like to think that I am too, and uh, people love that. They and and uh, Sammy also the fact that you're so confident but don't come off arrogant. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's yeah. the plan. That's what yes. I hope for most of the time. Well, there's a fine line there, man. And and, mo- and most people when they when they do that, they they come off arrogant, and you don't. And uh, and much respect to you for that. And 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 I just I, I really want to thank you for. Uh, for giving us some of your time today. And I tell this to everyone, our time is the most valuable commodity we have. And, you know, the fact that you give us some today, I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. No, thank you, man. It really means a lot just you, like, ask me coming on this show. And you having faith for, to put me on this platform to tell, like, some of my stories. Like, legit, man, since I was a kid, you're, like, one of my favorites. Like, Thanks, man. Thank yeah, you like, so much. much I, I'm, I'm re- Before we go... Is there any one thing you want people to know uh, as as we're uh, ending this? Yeah, just just keep checking me out because trust me, this year is going to blow up even more. Uh, kind of revealed my new look a couple days ago. You can check it out on Twitter, which has been the bottom at the Sammy Callahan. And check out my new wrestling company. I'm showing wrestling the way I want to see wrestling in my vision, the Wrestling Revolver, which you can check out on Twitter at PW Revolver or the website ProWrestlingRevolver.com. That's awesome, and we will be watching you on the Lucha Underground uh, mid-season finale tonight as well. Yeah, I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm on that TV thing. <laughs> That's cool. Well, thank you so much, Sammy. Keep a, keep in touch. Let us know what yeah, you're man. up to. Thank you so Absolutely, much, Absolutely, I will. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Cool. Peace out, Sammy, and we will be back with more Xbox 12360 on AfterBuzz TV. Hey guys, Maria Menunos here. We want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. Welcome back to Xbox 12360. We just had a great chat with Sammy Callahan, who, full disclosure, is is a friend of Jimbo's. Yeah. Right? It's, it's really cool, because I met him at Wrestle Reunion, and I told him when I met him, like, hey man, I'm one of those guys that you talk about that are like willing to put the time in on the road and like just learn and just experience stuff and he was always super cool and he makes all his own promos and videos and documentaries so i got to work on his second wrestling documentary wrestleholics 2 and we just you know what else he does i didn't bring this up to him i I forgot he makes his own wrestling gear really yeah oh yeah i've heard that that's right that's awesome that's a whole skill in itself well, and he seemed pretty excited about his new look. Yeah, yeah, that's so why I was going to gonna ask him. I wonder if he, if he, you know, actually made if he made the gear. The gear for we'll, his we'll new tweet look. him. We'll ask him. Yeah. Oh, well, it was cool. You seem you seem very impressed with him, Sean. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I I'm impressed with 
Well, I mean, we talked about it. I'm impressed with, uh, well, my first live, uh, the first time I saw him work live, yeah. with Brian Cage. Uh, I'm impressed with the way the way he left WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm impressed with his outlook on things. I'm impressed with his uh, uh, with his confidence and and uh, and willingness to uh, to put himself over and not like I said, not sound arrogant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So something I, mean, I was sharing with Christy earlier before we started is so many people we have on this show, especially someone like Sammy, has so much love for you because you really paved the way for someone like him in this business of being like a smaller stature guy. So yeah, and he's doing awesome. it in his own way. I, just like I, I had to cultivate my own style to not just work with smaller guys but bigger guys. He's done the same thing in mm-hmm. his own way. Well, next week, guys, next week we are going to be joined by the Young Bucks as our special guest. So that will be huge as well. Can't wait for it. The Make Bucks sure. of Youth. The Bucks of Youth. Yes. Bucks of Youth. Wonderful. Nice. Don't miss it. If you've got questions for them, please like our Facebook page and post them there at facebook.com slash xbox12360show. As I said earlier, we are on Instagram and we are releasing exclusive, juicy, fun videos that you know you want to see. So follow us at xbox12360. You can always hit me up directly at Christy Reports on Twitter and Instagram. I love to hear from you. You know I'm all about that news. So Jimbo, where can they check you out at? Uh, Follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the booth. Uh, this would be a good week to buy my Young Bucks documentary, The Young Bucks 2 oh, Sweet Journey, yeah. at iSpots.com, so you can watch it before we interview them next week. Cool. I like that. It, it's a good one, guys. Okay, I'm at I'm at the Real X Pac, at Real X Pac on Instagram, and uh, I'm just gonna sign off here and go drink some of my bulletproof coffee. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see you all next week. See you next week, everybody, right here on AfterBuzz TV. Woo. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, Kevin Undergaro, show producer Jimbo Frank, managing editor of AfterBuzz Wrestling, Christy Olson, and managing producer of AfterBuzz Wrestling, Mark Bidonica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Feel free to like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube, follow X-Pac on Twitter at TheRealXPac, and email us at xpac12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV network. Buzz you later!